This is the show where Eskimos fans get all things green and gold from the man who calls the shots. We're just ready to lace it up and go out there and hit somebody and uh, play physical, disciplined football. This is where one empire gets insight you can't get anywhere else. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Now, with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Ryan King will deliver it to O'Brien. The ball is pinned, the kick is up. And the Eskimos have won the football game. Wow, what a finish to that football game on Saturday night. What a game it was. The last five minutes were just riveting, back and forth, extremely entertaining. Uh, welcome to the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. How are you, Jason? I'm doing great. Uh, tell you what, uh, you said it on the postgame show when you're talking with me and Dave. Uh, it's Canadian Football League right there. I mean, it was just so exciting, that finish. Absolutely. I think that's the best part of our game is the finish- finishes that you see week in and week out. I mean, you watch the games this weekend. They're much the same um, and I've been in the league for 17 years and it seems every every week you get a game like that that comes down to the wire and uh, I think it's what makes our, our league unique. The bar got set pretty high in week one. Every game was, uh, even the, the, the it wasn't close in Toronto, but it was entertaining and it was kind of neat to see the Argos play so well. Uh, but every game had, had its uh, drama to it, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I mean, even that game at halftime, you know, they get the field goal block and go back and run it in and it's a three-point game or whatever right before half and uh you know, then you watch a, a Hall of Famer throw for 500 yards yeah. and set a career high and some great catches throughout the day. So, no, all the games are fun. I, I'm a CFL fan. I love yeah. watching the games. I mean, it's my job to watch them and analyze them and, and, and our coaches' jobs to come up with plays for our players. But I enjoy the game myself. Do, so. you, do you watch the games on TV when you can? Yep, I Be- do. I watch as many as I can. I mean, if I'm working, it's hard. During the day, I'll have it on in the background to watch. But, uh, sure, on a Friday night or Saturday night when – we're in town and we're waiting for the next day to play, yeah. um, particularly when it's a later game like NBC. It's it's fun to watch laying in bed and uh, and watching CFL football. I know some coaches I've talked to, I watch enough tape. I don't, I'll don't. watch it on tape probably later on, but I'm not going to watch it on TV because I just it, I can't watch. I think it was Richie Hall said, I don't enjoy it because I'm too busy analyzing things. No, and I, I mean, watch I, it. I do the same. I, I analyze at the same time, but you know, I like the, I love the game so much that, you know, I it's, it's fun. It's enjoying to watch. We have a lot of great players in our league, a lot of great coaches in our league. So it's fun to watch all of them do their jobs. And um, obviously, it, and again, it is work for, for us as coaches when we're watching it. But there's some enjoyment factor that comes mm-hmm. into it. I mean, we talked last week about how much video you watch in, in preparation. Uh, let's just take Saturday's game. How many times have you watched and rewatched that game? And do you, do you watch it at, at it all together, or do you watch it defense yeah, and offense and special I've teams? watched a lot less, to be honest with you. I watched every phase once, just because we have to move on to Montreal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched I watched Montreal play Saskatchewan twice before we played BC. I mean, that day when I was in the hotel waiting all mm-hmm. day. So I watched that entire game twice uh, before our game that night, and then played our game, and then came home and Got home at four. Got up at a little ten thirty to get into the office to watch special all special teams, all of defense, all of offense. Listen to my coaches. You know what their grading was, what the you know pluses and minuses were. You know what we did well, what we didn't do well. But then it was time to move on. I had to start watching Montreal film again. So um, that's the way it goes on short weeks for us. But uh, usually, you know, your first impression of the game is is what matters the most. You always pick up something the more you watch it, but that's what all of our coaches are doing at the same time, too. How'd you grade out on Saturday? Um, Actually, pretty well. I think uh, all three phases, um, you know, played physical football. Uh, Not as many mental mistakes as you, you know, 
as you'd think, I guess. I mean, go on and play your first game. Uh, there's stuff to clean up, obviously, but um, on all three phases, um, and particularly when you're, you know, having some rookies play for the first time mm-hmm. and true minutes, uh, there's always going to be things to clean up. But I tell you what, the passion was there. The execution was there at a high level for most of the game. Um, and, yeah, it was a physical, physical game on our part. So we really enjoyed really enjoyed watching it. In your mind, I, we were talking upstairs during, like, the offense, I thought, started a little slow. Is that maybe the fact that, you know, Mike had played one quarter since November, right, and then been off for two weeks? Would that Did that play into it? Did you think it was a yeah, slow start, I mean, or was it something no, that it was did? it was a slow start. It was a slow start for Mike in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably, decision-making-wise, people that don't know, <laughs> that don't watch the film and analyze it like we do, uh, Mike had some reads that I guarantee he'd like back that would have made a difference in that game. Um the outcome of the game, you know, it would not have been in peril at the end, um, you know, if he would have made some better decisions early. But, yeah, I mean, you're going to have some of those things. The best part about Mike is he, he can forget about it and get to the next play. And when it matters the most, Mike seems to be able to rise to the occasion. So do you blame it on, you know, not having a lot of work in the preseason? You know, I, I, I'm not an excuse maker. So I just look at the fact that, you know, he overcame some adversity early. And uh, obviously he'll be playing better this week. And they were there when you needed them at the end of the game. I thought after the the Johnson touchdown, then after the Lule touchdown, the response the offense had was terrific. You know, they marched right down and get the white touchdown, and then the big play to set up the winning field goal. They, they were there when you needed them. Yeah, I've, I've talked about it for since I've been here. The one thing I preach to our guys every single day is being mentally strong. I don't, I don't really enjoy weak people mentally. Um, so I'm always on our guys about, hey, next play, next play. It doesn't matter what's happening. Stay focused. Don't get down. You know, stay up. Stay positive. The game's the game. I mean, you've got to grind through eight, 60 minutes in order to win one. So I, what I loved about that was our response. Every time something bad happened, we had a response for it, and it was a fighting response. And, uh, you know, that's what wins ball games more than anything. Uh, let's uh, before we head to our uh, our break in this half hour. Let's talk about J.C. Sherrod. Horrible news, obviously, and you could tell right away that's you know he had the body language of a guy with the Achilles. <clears throat> and, uh, what's it like? First off, to lose him on the field because he's so good at what he does, but to lose a guy with that presence that he must have in the dressing room. How, yeah, how he, difficult I mean, is he's it? He's the heart, heart and soul of our defense. There's no question about that. Um, he is unbelievable off the field. I mean, Mike Benavides tells tells it that he's he's the best he's seen off the field in meetings. Uh, bringing guys in to watch more film, to get the group together. There's no one better than him uh, at that. Uh, On the field, I mean, shoot, the guy makes plays, and the guys love him. Um, He's made plays his whole career up here. He's always plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, He's an enjoyable person to be around. Um, He's a great teammate. Uh, He's someone that's easy to talk to as a coach. You get your point across very easily. You know if you have to have something to say to the team and you run it by JC, he's going to give you the right time of day and give you the pulse of the team. Um, So he's he's the best leader you can have in that sense. And uh, it's going to be a big loss for us. There's no question. Um, But I believe we have depth, and that's what we preached in training camp is we have depth. And he will make a difference when he's back from his rehab with this and he wants to stick around and help us. He will make a difference still for our team. That was my next question. I was going to ask, is there a role for him, even though he can't play, because of his great leadership? There will be a role here for JC as long as I'm here. I can assure you that. As long as he wants to be a part of this, um, you know, he's the kind of guy that I I love, um, that I'll always stick my neck out for. 
Um, you know, I made it perfectly clear to him that he needs to concentrate on himself right now to get his leg back to where it needs to be so he can feel good about that. But the moment he's ready to get back in there and start grinding again with us, there'll be a spot in our coach's room for him. And whenever, whatever he wants to do, he'll do. And the modern technology and modern modern medicine, I'm sure, is on his side, too. I mean, you don't have to look very far just at John White to see him come back from it. Uh, you look at the BC Lions and Solomon Alamimian and the career he has had the last couple of years after coming back from the same injury. So there shouldn't be much of a doubt that he can come back and play the same way he's played no, for and the last he said it. Years. He said it when we talked to him after the game. He's faced adversity his whole life, and this is nothing new to him. Um, you know, this is a big injury to overcome. There's no question about that. But like you said, there's guys that in professional sports that have been overcoming this injury. So that's not a question of that. Um, you know, if JC wants to do that, he'll do it. And uh, that's what I know about him. But in the meantime, he will impact our football team in other ways um, that aren't quite seen on the field. But everyone on our football team will know how much he's helping us. You're listening to The Coach's Show with Jason Moss for Michener Allen Auctioneering. My name's Morley Scott. We'll take a break. Be back with more after this. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. Welcome back to the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. My name is Morley Scott. We'll get back to talking with head coach Jason Moss in just a second. But first, from the Eskimos office, we're going to welcome in Alan Watt. It is uh, the home opener on Friday. The Eskimos and the Montreal Alouettes in the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. And, Alan, there's lots going on, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there there is, and there should be. Uh, you know, your home opener is a, is always a, a, a good event, a big event, and you want to uh, make sure that uh, people who are uh, thinking about it, people who are uh, actually wanting to go or, or or going to go, know that there's something there. So we've got we've got uh, we've got post game pyro, which which is always a, a great. Uh, it's always something that people look forward to. Fireworks, Canada Day, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we've got. Uh, 20,000, courtesy of our friends, our Brick uh, Game Night sponsors, the people at the Brick have got uh, 20,000 thunder sticks to hand out uh, as people on ingress. And we've got uh, 30,000 Canadian flags to hand out. So we've got lots of Canada Day things that people can actually, tactile things that they can have in their hand. And then we have our Kids Get In Free promo. Uh, Kids Get In Free when uh, under the age of three, you don't even require a ticket. Ages 3 to 12, you get one free bronze ticket with the purchase of a full-price ticket. And then 13 to 19-aged kids get one free teen bronze ticket with the purchase of a full-price teen ticket. So there's something here for everybody, something here for the families. And then um, I think we saw on on Saturday night in BC a pretty darn good football team's going to run out onto the field and uh, and play that night. So we're... We're ready to go. We've got the usual other components, the Coors Light Fan Fest to try the game, $2 hot dogs and $5 beer. Um, working, I don't know where you're going to find that in Edmonton, but uh, so the pregame beer garden uh, just to the east of the stadium on the, on the patio there will be ready to go. And, uh, and then just before the anthem, the always exciting F-18s fly over. So oh. we've got lots on the go here. Uh, so the basic message is uh, come early and stay late, get a ticket, and have a <laughs> lot of fun because it's going to be a good night. I think so. That's that's the basic message. We'll have we'll have something for everybody, as I pointed out. The kids get in free. 
packages, the uh, the pyro post game, and then we're going to have all of the other stuff going on during the game as well. The thunder sticks, the flags, and uh, and, a, and a halftime show that's that's uh, really features uh, a lot of diversity. We've got some terrific dance acts and, uh, and indigenous people acts and uh, it, it, the people that have been working here on this halftime show have done a really nice job putting it together. People are going to enjoy it. All the information you need to get is at esks.com. Alan Watt, thanks for your time tonight. Thank you, Morley. And a big crowd expected at uh, the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, Eskimos head coach Jason Moss in studio for the Coaches Show tonight. Jason, how important is a big crowd to your team? It's huge. I mean, you go out and play football. I mean, you only get to do it at home nine times a year and ten if you're lucky kind of thing. And um, to see your fans out there and supporting you, it makes you feel good about what you do and obviously gets them more fired up to play. And anytime you football is a game of emotions, you're trying to check it at times, but the, the more raucous the crowd is, the better it is to be on that field. I mean, it's uh, it's a great thing. And, and our stadium, when it when it's getting full, it, it gets loud, uh, and it's a lot of fun to play in front of. So I'm hoping a lot of people come out and enjoy the, the good weather and uh, enjoy a, an exciting game. Esks.com for all your ticket information for the Eskimos and the Montreal Alouettes. We'll talk about the Owls a little bit uh, coming up. I want to touch, Jason, on, on some of the young guys that you've moved into your lineup uh, to start this season. I'm just going to throw their names out. First, I should apologize to you about Adam Konar. It's not that I didn't trust you, but uh, you uh, you said after the injury on day three that you had lots of confidence in Adam Konar. You said last week on the show you talked about it. You talked with me and Dave before the game, day before the game, and you kind of said, you guys aren't listening to me. You're not believing me. And then he goes out and gets seven tackles, a sack, two special teams tackle, and just plays a whale of a game. Uh, I mean, kid's a player. Yeah, I mean, uh, Adams, uh, as advertised. I mean, to I said it. If you, when, when he plays 24 starts, you know, you're never going to question him again. You're going to know what he kind of player he is. But we've already seen him in training camp. I've seen him here for a year, even in limited time last year. When he's on the field, he's he's it's a different different player. Um, you know, he's got all the attributes you want in a linebacker, like I've stated before. Um, he's also a kid that I know is just sky's the limit. He just needs more reps. Um, but it was awesome for him to see um, go back there to Vancouver and play in front of that, you know, home crowd for mm-hmm. him. And, uh, you know, do what he did is pretty awesome. Lots of family friends, including Dad, who uh, knows the position pretty well, too, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, we left pretty much every preseason game talking about Duke Williams, and there's lots of reason to talk about him after that game, too. Uh, two really incredible catches. One other really good catch. I mean, uh, four balls thrown his way for catches he doesn't drop anything no i mean like i said before and in, in the preseason he, he he didn't i don't think he had a drop he had the one drop uh, hit his hands um you know that was uncharacteristic we hadn't seen one in camp that he dropped so um yeah anything that gets near him he's got a big catch radius he can get open he's big physical receiver um i'm also just impressed by the professional that he is i mean he came in he learned our offense extremely fast which is hard to do um you know he works hard at it um you know you're just hoping he just keeps with it it's hard on a rookie to play 18 games so Mm -hmm. we're we're hoping that he just stays steady and um each and every week he just keep keep producing keep doing what he's doing because it's working arjun colhoun how'd he grade out uh, very well. I mean, he didn't get tested a whole lot, which was good. Um, but I think he would have been up for that challenge. Um, he made a couple pass breakups. He had a couple tackles. Uh, played well on special teams. Um, he's a player. I mean, he's played at a big time college level. Um, you know, and 
you know, he's a student of the game. That's what I loved about it. He didn't come in here cocky. He didn't come in here saying, I went to Michigan State. I was at the Dallas Cowboys. Should have made the team possibly if I didn't get hurt. You know, he came in. When he said he was going to sign on the dotted line, he came in here ready to work, ready to learn and absorb, knowing he's only going to get better as well. as a different game for him. Um, but he has an air of confidence about him. Uh, like I said, and I think that comes from being confident in yourself, knowing the game, studying, uh, communicating really well with his teammates. Um, and we got confidence in him. And that's, that's to me, at the end of the day, matters a lot to players. And we're, we're excited to have him on the field. You can't win without good special teamers. And uh, if you look at the stats, anyway, uh, Christoph Malumba Chimanga had, I think, four special teams tackles. He was in on a couple other plays. Did he play as well as the numbers would indicate? Yeah, I mean, any, I mean, it's hard to make a special teams tackle first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if you're around the ball four times, I mean, you're doing something right. <laughs> so uh, he'll only get better as well. I mean, Christoph played at like 245, 250 in college. He can get down a little bit in weight to play up here. So this, this year is going to be a learning curve for him as far as learning the game on special teams, being able to fly around the whole game, you know, trying to learn the linebacker position up here, which is a little different for him. Um, but to have four special teams tackle is no small feat in our league. It's hard. It's a big field. There's a lot of people around. And to, to be near that ball and to get a guy down, uh, and the type of guys he got down in this game, you know, are high-caliber returners. So, you know, it's it's a big deal, and we're happy to have him. Offside in the opening kickoff, he's ready to go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was, it could have been him and a couple other yeah. guys, and uh, he's the one that got called for it. But uh, certainly, you know, that wasn't one of our best plays, and uh, there were a couple other things wrong with that play that we looked at on film, uh, which I got on our guys a little bit more for. But uh, no question, not the start you wanted, but obviously yeah. we got the finish we, we uh, I wanted to ask you, you were talking about offside, the defensive line, you got you got a bunch of guys who just get off the line so quick. How do you, you know, walk that fine line between not letting them lose their twitch and their speed, but, you know, is there kind of a, a gray area where, you know, you're, okay, you're offside, but I know you had the right intentions? And Yeah, I, to be honest with you, it's a freaking mystery. I mean, we, we do as much as we possibly can um, to get them to be disciplined. Um, and I, to me, at the end of the day, it is all about discipline. It's I, I get it. You're supposed to be looking at twitches and looking at O-line and looking at the ball, looking at all those things. But at the end of the day, some guys have a knack for staying on sides and some guys don't. And uh, we have a couple of guys that have more of the knack for not staying on. <laughs> um, but I'm hoping... Uh, we are going to keep preaching it to them and keep coaching them hard and keep disciplining them that they finally get it and figure out a way to do it. Um, every coach will tell you it's an issue. I mean, no, nobody wants a defensive end to drop, jump offside. You know, there's a thousand different things you can try, but to me at the end of the day, it's buy-in from the player, it's buy-in from our team, and discipline is first and foremost. So, you know, they have got to figure it out. You, you, they got to be disciplined, but you don't want to stifle their natural ability to, to get off the line. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a, it's a fine na- line. Right? Natural ability and yeah. discipline, There's you don't sacrifice, you know, discipline ever. That, in football. That, so to me, it's more of a buy-in from the player. He needs to be more disciplined. Mm-hmm. And we won't tolerate it. We don't. We don't. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the thing that works the best to me is when the players start getting on each other and start policing it themselves and figuring out a way to have everybody understand the importance of it and why you need to be disciplined and, and not give them anything. Penalties aside, uh, you got a lot of great pressure in that game. Yeah, no, our pressure, I, mean, we, I think we hit the quarter. We sacked them five times. We hit them over nine. Um, so, I mean, there's 14 sacks, 14 hits right there. 
Um, you know, and there's other pressures where we got holding, we got, you know, the quarterback flushed. You know, our defense brought brought it all night, and they played 71 plays, 33 minutes of time possession BC had on us, which sucks for us offensively as an offensive unit. But our defense, you know, we're, we're up to the task, and that's a testament to how hard they worked during training camp to go into a muggy building on the road to to, to lay it all on the line for like that for 60 yeah. minutes and come up big when you needed to. I mean, it's awesome. And now it's on to the next one, the Montreal Alouettes here on Friday night, 6 o'clock for uh, the uh, countdown to kickoff, 8 o'clock for the kickoff here on 6.30. Chid, we've got about a minute. Jason, give me your take on the Alouettes, a team that got to be kind of a mystery to you. You know players, you know coaches, but this is a new mix in Montreal. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to be, I think Jacques is a, a disciplinary, he's a he's a guy that's going to right the ship. I think he, he does it the right way. Uh, I think he holds guys accountable. You can see that just the way he coaches and the, the, the stories I've heard about him. So he's going to get guys that want to play for him, play hard for him. Uh, on Noel Thorpe on defense. I mean, the guy's been a stalwart in our league as a coordinator for the past seven years, I believe, or however long he's been doing it now. Um, he's always tough to go against. Uh, Montreal's a very prideful team. Uh, I've been a part of it, you know, for six, for uh, nine weeks. Uh, some of those players are still there, yeah. but that organization, is pr- they have a lot of pride, and they play hard every night. So we're going to have to bring it. We're going to have to be physical on both sides of the ball, special teams as well. And uh, we're going to have to execute at a high level to beat them. I know that. Great stuff, Jason. Thanks for this. Uh, Good luck to you on Friday, and we'll uh, talk again next Monday night. Appreciate it. Great stuff. That's Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, and that is the Coaches Show here on 630. Chad, my name's Morley Scott. Have a great night, everybody.